0: the way I love to create is, would be a much nicer answer. It doesn't matter how good you are at something. It's the pleasure you get from it. And that's where you just enrich yourself on every level, even on the left brain level.
1: Does talking about your money make you cringe? Are you tired of fighting about finances? Do you want to stop sabotaging your financial happiness? then you are in the right place. Welcome to Breaking Money Silence, a podcast series aimed at helping all of us talk more openly about money. Your host, Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, is a wealth psychology expert who is doing what she does best, speaking about taboo topics. International speaker, author and founder of KBK Wealth Connection, Kathleen understands money and our relationship with it. Over the past decade, she has empowered thousands of people to break money silence at home and at work. Now, here is Kathleen.
2: This episode is sponsored by Life Transitions by Dr. Amy helping financial advisors and their clients have deeper, more meaningful conversations so that life changes are better connected to financial plans. To find out more, visit dramy.life. There is a saying, an old dog can't learn new tricks. I totally disagree. Uh, I'll give you an example. At 50, and that was a couple years ago, I started taking horseback riding lessons for the first time, and I loved it. Now I ride twice a week. So I am a big believer of it's never too old to learn new tricks. But many women and men, I think, put off doing a new activity, You know, trying something new, and tapping into their creativity with a limiting belief that basically says, well, you know what, I'm too old, or it's not possible because of my age. Well, today we are going to unpack that as part of our Breaking Money Silence series on aging well. Today, my guest is Rochelle Seltzer, and she's going to help us tap into the part of ourselves that wants to live big. She's going to offer tips and tools for fostering creativity as we age. So let me tell you a little bit about Rochelle, and then we will welcome her to the podcast She is a creative core coach, a dynamic speaker, and the author of a highly acclaimed book, Live Big, A Manifesto for a Creative Life. Her mission is to unleash the untapped creativity capacity inside of all of us so we can bring all of our greatness into the world. She helps accomplished women in their 40s to 60s, so many of you listening out there or the folks that are in relationships with them, to create with intention so they can make the next part of their lives truly fulfilling. Welcome, Rochelle, to the podcast. Oh, it's such a pleasure to be
0: with you. Thank
2: you. I am so excited to talk about this because one of the things that happened in my family that I think has been helpful is we tend to have people live a really long time. On both sides of the family, we've had women Mm -hmm. who have lived to 103, 105, and most people live until their 90s. So I know we often are the exception to the rule. In our society, I think there's an there's like a taboo against aging, which I fortunately didn't grow up with. Um, but I think you know aging is inevitable. So I'm wondering, given the fact that you are really serving people who are in this second second phase of life or who are really uh, accomplished, why do you think there's so many negative beliefs about aging and specifically aging women?
0: Oh, such a good question. <laughs> yeah. I'm a member of the baby boom generation, and I grew up in a culture that revered youth. I I remember um, Don't Trust Anyone Over 30, which seemed perfectly reasonable to me at that age. I remember the Beatles song, When I'm 64. Wow, 64 seemed ancient when that song was written, you know, but over the years, I think Boomers have impacted the perceptions of ages in every stage of of their lives, which is great, but the cult of youth has really persisted. So while I think it's nice to see that fashion and beauty magazines and industry have nodded to women who are beautiful and a bit older, but that's only sometimes they still really focus on youth. And I talk to people all the time, even women in their early 40s who feel like, oh, I've got to start using Botox now plastic surgery, you know, of course I'm going to do that. These are considered necessities by w- many women. And I think that the social media explosion has played a, a big role in that too. So I, there's a lot working against us embracing the, the beauty of whatever age we are.
2: Yeah, and you know, you, you may or may not know this, and some of the listeners uh, know this, but I used to work in the field of body image and eating disorders. And I can remember uh-huh. sitting with you know, 16, 17, 18 year olds, and also women a little bit older. And, you know, this cult of youth, and a certain body size, and you know, it's a it's a boatload of hooey. (laughs) And I worked many, many years to help, you know, these individuals and groups really get over it. And I think now, as a woman who is in her 50s, I think, wow, this is so much better than your 20s. Like, that isn't true at all. Yes. You know, my body looks different, but it's so much better. Yeah. So how do you think this mindset that we have in our society, this taboo against aging really impacts women and the professional women that both of us serve?
0: Well, I think that it, it absolutely does. I see it. I hear about it from people all the time. I think women are very often judged by their appearance Um, Men are sometimes and often, I think, considered distinguished as they age. But women feel that every wrinkle is judged, that every little, you know, anything that's not perfectly controlled about their body shape and the way that they dress is judged. And I think the impact on our mindsets is very deep and very broad. And when you just mentioned eating disorders, I've certainly known people in my life who have struggled with that. And uh, it's really this feeling that we must look great. And people feel worried that they'll be passed over for career opportunities. They feel worried that they will have difficulty establishing or even finding romantic relationships that they want past a certain age. And I think the professional side of ageism probably applies to men a little bit more than the uh, appearance side. But I think that women carry this in a really heavy way. It's, It's a challenge.
2: It definitely is. And I happen to know if you're obsessed with appearance and with youth, it's hard to be creative. And a lot of your work, if not all of your work, is around tapping into that creativity. So today we're going to talk about how you can tap into creativity as you age and live big. But before we get into that conversation, how do you define creativity?
0: I love to talk about this, as you can imagine, I often uh, break this out as two aspects of creativity, almost like two sides of a coin. The entire concept of creativity is so misunderstood because first of all, we think only those special talented people are creative, like famous writers and musicians and actors or whatever. The truth is we all came into the world filled with creativity. And most of us came to believe that the joyous way that we felt about playing and making up stories and coloring and things like that, that came naturally to us as children, had to be left behind, or it was considered frivolous as we got older, or we weren't good enough compared to somebody else, so we shut ourselves down. It All different ways that we get shut down. Here's the truth. The truth is that when we express ourselves in any way that delights us, could be in the garden, making things with our hands, some people love to cook, I don't love to cook, but I love to present beautiful meals. I order well, and I put a
2: beautiful table together. (laughs) We will get along just fine. (laughs)
0: Um, Some people love to build things, collect things, and research about them. Even people who are just big dreamers of visionary ideas. These are all great ways that we can all create. And when we do things that light us up that way, we connect to our hearts. We generate new ideas. We feel incredibly inspired. We light ourselves up, and everybody can do that. So you don't have to be some special, talented person out there to create. And then the other side of this creativity coin, if you will, is really embracing the idea that we can adopt the mindset of a creator. So what does that mean? I see it as realizing that we can create all day, every day. We can create each next best decision that we make. We can create new approaches and maybe not follow the directives of others or, or respond to an ultimatum without saying, what's the right thing for me? And I often teach that the words creation and reaction have the same letters, which is fascinating, isn't it? We can stop reacting because most of us move through our days at a crazy pace and react all day. So the alternative is to be able to pause, consider, and create the best alternative or the best next step for ourselves, no matter what the prescribed path may be or what the direction may be that's been handed to us. And I think it's when we marry that energy created that we can generate with creative expression and this idea of adopting the mindset of a creator, this is when each of us can create in the most powerful ways. And That's why I believe we can create the lives we desire, because all of this helps us to have this agency in our lives. So any expressive activity that lights you up and excites you is powerful. So yes to the joy that you feel when you went, you know, horseback riding that you were telling me about. Um, All of that is great because there's no age
2: limit for any of this. We can create every day of a long, long life. Well, I love that part, you know, part of it has to do with it so resonates with me because after I, be, you know, after I accomplished a lot and then I felt like, okay, I've accomplished a lot, I can continue to accomplish things, but I want to play, I want to have fun. Mm-hmm. And so the community that I happen to live in in central Vermont, many of us are consultants, many of us are professionally accomplished, but we spend our weekends, you know, mountain biking, like we're 12 year olds, Uh, you know, a group of 60 plus women and myself went mountain biking for a couple of days up in the Northeast kingdom. We horseback ride. Some people are artists, creative dance, all sorts of stuff. And I, I really think that living in a community that honors creativity has made a difference in my mindset about whether I'm creative and what creativity actually means. So it's kind of interesting that who you're around really does have an impact.
0: Well, I think that's a great point. I think we're always influenced by the people we choose to be with. So why not choose to be with people that wanna bring that kind of energy into their lives? It's great. Yes.
2: And I know that some people out there are saying, well, I don't want to hang with a bunch of artists or a bunch of hippies or whatever the <laughs> automatic limiting negative belief is that you have. So we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, Rochelle is going to tell us a little bit about some tips for tapping into your creative self and how to get out of your own way and define creativity in a way that works for you. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Kathleen Burns-Kingsbury, and I just wanted to tell you about a new, exciting program. It's for business owners. Because many business owners, we spend so much time delivering our products and services, but we fail to set up a system to actually make sure we get paid every month. You deserve... get paid every month. If you broke money silence and you ask for your fee, then it's time to figure out how to put financial policies and procedures in place in your business so you can continue to earn what you are worth. So I have developed a course called It's Time to Get Paid. It takes you through how to contract, how to set up a payment policy, and ultimately, how to collect accounts that are past due. So. I think you should check it out. It's only $27. It's a great investment for your firm. And if you are new to business or struggling in getting paid what you are worth, then it is time to check out It's Time to Get Paid. Go to courses.breakingmoneysilence.com and check out the details. Hi, we are with Rochelle Seltzer. She is the author of Live Big, A Manifesto for a Creative Life. And we are talking about teaching dogs, old dogs, new tricks. In other words, when you're older, 40, 50, 60, 70, is that a time when you can learn something new and tap into your creativity? And what we have learned is that yes, the answer is yes. Um, But today I want to take it a step further and have Rochelle talk to us a little bit about, you know, what are the ways in which we can tap into creativity, especially if we are someone who is analytical. A lot of listeners to this podcast are financial advisors and tend to be very analytical. So I'm curious, what tips do you have for tapping into your creativity, especially if you're someone in an analytical field?
0: Well, let's go back to the idea that creativity is not just for some special talented people, so that's our starting point. And I have to say that even the most left-brain people that I meet, They're in the financial world, they're scientists, they're whatever. All of those people, when you ask them, can tell you about things that they love to do to express themselves, to play, to experiment. They may kind of put that in a little box on the side, but it's there for everybody. If it's not, or if there's just a tiny bit, you can coax it out of them. (laughs) But I, I think those are the keys to feeling free. I have a chapter in my book called Feel Free. I have a chapter in my book about play. I invite people to experiment. Don't fear making mistakes. If we never try new things and sort of expect the unexpected, we limit ourselves. So you can laugh at the results, you can learn something new and do it again, but this ability to bring that spirit into your life is enormous. So I also think it's beautiful because you can do it alone. And you can gather others, much to your point, Kathleen, about the people that you spend time with on your weekends. Get together with other people who want to do something that you love to do or willing to try it with you. So I believe it really starts with desire. What do you love to do? What makes you happy? Is it using your hands? Is it singing? Could be singing in the shower. Could be singing in a chorus. Do you love to build things, invent things? Do you love to explore? Any of those things can be things to tap into and keep the energy alive and expand on what what excites you and try new things when they don't excite you. Those are ways that I advise people to to really open that piece of themselves up.
2: And what's resonating with me, uh, given the way in which I grew up being raised by a military captain, somebody who mm. was very analytical engineer, big heart, but definitely what was valued was you know doing well um, perfectionism, all sorts of, you know, results and accomplishments. And in some ways that's served me and I'm sure it served other people. But what you're talking about is creativity isn't necessarily doing it because you're good. It's doing it because you enjoy it. And that isn't a message I know for me, an older Gen Xer that I received, and I certainly don't think my traditionalist father did and many boomers didn't. So Do you think the millennial generation or the younger generations are a little bit better at this? Or do you think we need to have interventions early on to really foster (laughs) their creativity? Big question, but curious.
0: Well, I'm a big believer that the more that we can encourage children in our lives, young children, to be fully expressive as they keep getting older and not say, okay, now it's time to get serious or put that behind you. You're not a little kid anymore. And this is something that we can inspire people to do in their teens, their 20s, their 30s, because there's a big range out there. I, I think that there's plenty of people who still have the misconception. People say to me all the time when they when they know what I do, well, I'm not creative. You know, they, they feel they have to establish that. And I would love to see that go away for people. Well, the way I love to create is, would be a much nicer answer. And thank you for reinforcing the, the uh, point of it doesn't matter how good you are at something. It's the pleasure you get from it. And that's where you just enrich yourself on every level, even on the left brain level. Things get So better.
2: that is such a great sentence. I'm going to put it in the show notes. The way I love to create is. Yeah. It's a big question, but there could be a variety of answers for different people listening in. I think that's a good challenge to take on. Now, I know you've written this book Um I talked about it uh, you know in the promo I certainly mentioned it in the bio but tell us a little bit about who the book is written for and from that or the work that you're doing now with your coaching clients like what is one piece of advice you think everyone who's listening to the podcast needs to know
0: The book is for anyone who's looking for some thoughtful ways to Inspire themselves to get more present with themselves and to think about how how they want to live. The book is divided into two sections: the being of living big. I often say we are human beings, and we spend way too much time doing and not enough time being. And the second half of the book is the doing of living big. So, I I have. Talk to people who's <laughs> who bought this book and their their teenage and college age children daughters in this in most cases that I can think of have taken the book and said okay I'm keeping this for myself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've spoken to women in their fifties and sixties who say the book was the beginning of a whole new way of awakening in their lives. I really wrote the book that I wish I had had when I was going through my my awakening, if you will, and I think. There's the way that I wrote the book is there's a very short explanation set, kind of an essay in the beginning of the, each chapter. Most of what each chapter is comprised of is a set of ac- exercises or practices. One is the discovery dozen tool that I uh, trademarked that Seth Godin actually endorsed the book around, which is really exciting for me. Awesome. So it's a book of action because this is about how can I bring these different ideas and practices into my life, not just read about them. And that's really what I wanted the book to be, a book that would help people evolve and change. So the, the biggest piece of advice, I think intuitively when I wrote the book, the first chapter is slow down and be still. And the biggest realization that I've had in the time since I wrote the book and have coached more and more women is that slowing down and learning to be able to be still, but to listen to yourself and to just not rush through your life is the foundation of living big. It's the foundation of what I was talking about, of stop reacting and start creating. It's it's fundamental. And it's when we do that, that we can listen to our intuition and hear the messages that we can always trust that come from deep, deep, deep inside. And that we can then move on to being fully present in the moment, to um, living a life with a perspective of gratitude, of seeing wonder all around you, of being able to embrace change and bring your boldness out and speak your truth. All of those things can come out of this foundation of being able to slow down and and really be self-aware in a way that you may not have been.
2: That is a great message. It's one that I need to hear repetitively. So the next time we're at a networking meeting, you know, feel free in the chat to be like, have you slowed down? Have you created space? (laughs) I'll
0: tell you, this is my life's work is to continue to remember because I'm a doer. I push myself hard. You talked about perfectionism. That's been something that I've dealt with my whole life. And this this is a practice of making adjustments in your life and continually paying attention. That really has a huge, huge benefit.
2: Well, I love this whole concept and what you're saying today. And I think anybody out there, no matter what age you are, should pick up a copy of Live Big and uh, definitely check out these different practices. Tell people where they can find out more about you. I know you do speaking, workshops, coaching, Uh, fill us in, and then we'll have to have you come back sometime to talk about living big, slowing down and doing that around your money. So stay tuned. We're going to do that sometime together.
0: Okay. The best way to find the book and learn about the book and see it, it is really beautiful. I uh, partnered with an amazing designer It's at thelivebigbook.com, and that's where you'll see all the endorsements and lots about it, and you can buy the book there. There's also a link to me about the author that takes you to my coaching site, and that's where people can learn more about the work that I do with accomplished women and the speaking that I do. It's all on my my, uh, site that links from the book site.
2: Well, I love how you are changing people's mindset, how you are infusing creativity into people's lives. And I certainly have found Breaking Money Silence with you inspiring. So thank you very much, Rochelle, for uh, spending some time with me today to talk about your work. It's been a great pleasure. This episode is sponsored by Life Transitions by Dr. Amy helping financial advisors and their clients have deeper, more meaningful conversations so that life changes are better connected to financial plans. To find out more, visit DrAmy.Life.
1: Thank you for listening to Breaking Money Silence, hosted by Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, a wealth psychology expert, author, and founder of KBK Wealth Connection. If you like what you heard today, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app and leave a review. Also, share this episode with your friends and family. It is a great way to get the conversation started. For more money talk tips and information or to hire Kathleen to speak at your next event, go to www.breakingmoneysilence.com.